Welcome back to the Okay. I think we're I think we're good. I think we're good. So uh welcome back to the episode of Show Me Show Podcast. This is the very this is the nicest episode of the Show Me Show Podcast in history. It's episode sixty nine. So we finally made it. Episode sixty nine. And it's not just nice because of that, but it's nice because of the contents that we got in it, including our return to the mics. It's been almost three weeks since since we've been on the mics. So uh, we're back. We're excited to get back. Excited to get rolling. We got some deadline talk. The trade deadline was uh, yesterday for us. So we'll talk some of that. The Cardinals were very busy, as well as some other teams. Um me and Cam and the rest of the boys went to see Oppenheimer. So we'll probably do an Oppenheimer movie review. Um, and then we'll get into some segments just because there's a lot to catch up on in the last few weeks that, that we've all been miss, missing out on. So let's go ahead and uh, get into the show. Cam, how have, how have you been? It's been a while, I feel like, since I've talked to you. Yeah, uh, we haven't sat down to do a true show and i think what you said about three weeks because we did a show and then we were thinking about doing a show right before you left for your cool chicago trip but we didn't quite get it in and so obviously i got sick trip i got a bad came back luke yeah luke was sick um and then, uh, so we didn't do it then either. And then we probably could have done one sometime in the past five days, but we just didn't. And then yeah. uh, here we are. So it's been a minute, but I'm good. Uh, we are in August. Uh, time has flown by. Uh, one month closer so yeah, to football. Are... Exactly. Well, this is football. Football is here this month. So um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yes, we will. What were you saying before that, though? Uh, that, uh just yeah, it's it's been a minute. That's all there really yeah. is to say. Uh, yeah. Even uh, even like in like... person, I feel we've only seen each other what once the other day, last <laughs> Thursday or something like that. Well, in Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, Oppenheimer as well. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so, that yeah, was before it's, it's been you guys a went on vacation, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was was that still... Yeah, it was. It was before I went to Chicago, but Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been yeah. a minute. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been it's been a while. Definitely there's been so much that's happened since the last time we recorded. I had a sickness that I passed on to a bunch of other people. Um I infected them with my virus that I had for a number of days. And then Went to a different state, went to Chicago, went to two different states, actually, Milwaukee for an, an evening. Um, that was a great trip. And then, yeah, the last few days, we've kind of, we've had the opportunity to record. We've just kind of been like, well, let's just wait till the end of the trade deadline so that we have a lot more topics to talk about. And uh, it just lands on tonight, Wednesday, August 2nd um, at 8.20 p.m. is the first recording that we've had in a long time. So... Let's, before we bore our audience to death with talking about our lives, let's talk about the sports world. MLB trade deadline was yesterday. Uh, There's a lot that happened. I, I have some notes here. Cam didn't pay much attention. He said his favorite trade was Verlander to the Astros, which 
it's a good trade to like um, if if you're an average casual ball knower. Um, if you're a deep ball knower like myself, there's there's some stuff that you can get into here. So big teams, the the best buyers in my opinion that went ham, the Marlins and the Rangers. They both made a number of big trades. Um, the Rangers, particularly for their pitching, they got Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals, um, Max Scherzer from the Rangers, or excuse me, from the Mets, and they also got Chris Stratton from the Cardinals. They picked up some other pieces like Austin Hedges, um, but those were the two big pieces were Montgomery and Scherzer. Really strengthening that rotation to that already already really good offense. Um, and they also got a role as Chapman a few months ago for their bullpen. The Marlins got a number of pieces, too. They got uh, Josh Bell. They got Jake Berger. They got David Robertson from the Mets. Um, not like big names by any means, but certainly, you know, players that are going to improve their lineup. Yeah, um, some savvy veterans. Yeah, I feel like there was another big middle of the lineup bat that I'm just missing that I'm just completely blanking on, but whatever. Um, they they have a good bat already in Jorge Soler. So, yeah, they, they went ham. They went, you know, they're kind of on the fringe of a playoff spot right now, so they're trying to get in. Shout out to them. They haven't had a real playoff appearance since 2003. So that's pretty much my whole life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. The Cardinals, they went ham too, but the opposite way. Um, them and the White Sox, and you could really say the Mets too. They all played sellers big time. This was a huge buyer's market. So I think I'm looking at the teams. There was only a few teams that really sold. Most of the other teams were doing nothing or they were buying. So it was a huge buyer's market, which means you get good for you get you get a little bit better than what you probably should for your players. The Mets took advantage of that. They were kind of on the fringe. They sold Scherzer and Verlander. Scherzer, they got uh, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s little brother in that deal. So it's a pretty good trade for him. Um, Scherzer has really, really regressed. He's gotten old. He's still not bad, but he's not the Max Scherzer that we all think of. And they got a really good prospect for him. So, I mean... You could do that. The Cardinals got a number of prospects. They, they've improved their. I mean, I think it was. I saw their top thirty prospects list, and four of our top ten we literally just acquired in these deadline trades. So shout out to Mo. He's trying to redeem himself here after assembling one of the worst pitching staffs in history, and then proceeding to say, "Well, you know what? We have six starting pitchers, um, but that doesn't matter because none of them are good." So. And actually, I take that back. The two, the two good ones, or at least semi-good ones this year, we just traded away. So now our pitching staff is like really bad. Um, but it's a good thing that the, <laughs> these next two months don't matter for the Cardinals because also, r- literally right at the deadline, right at the deadline, like I'm getting notifications for all these dead deadline moves, all these trades, and then it's just oh, Brendan Donovan's out for the year. Like the Cardinals just tried to sneak that in, just. Hopefully no one would notice that he's out for the year. But, yeah, he's he's dead. Um, he, he hasn't been playing the field ever since the All-Star break because his shoulder's been bothering him. And I guess it it's really just the Cardinals probably told him, like, well, you know what? We're not competing. Don't do anything stupid. 
to harm your shoulder. Just get the surgery now, be ready to go for next season, which is probably smart. But I mean, it really just, it sucks. It's just everything that can go wrong this season will go wrong. Um, it really, really just perfectly encapsulated the Mike Talkman grab last week. Um, where he robbed Burleson of a walk-off homer. That was just, just the perfect, perfect Cardinal season, the perfect cap on it. So, um, and then, yeah, the White Sox sold a lot, a lot of people. Um, Lynn, Joe Kelly go to the Dodgers. Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez go to the Angels. They had sold off some other pieces like Kenyon Middleton to the Yankees. Um, Jake Berger, we talked about that. So, they sold off a lot. Um, I'm surprised they didn't try to trade Tim Anderson a little bit, even though he did hit his first home run in over a year. So kind of want to clap it up for him, to be honest. But I, I feel like that's just kind of rude for him. <laughs> uh, and then the Astros get Justin Verlander. Cam, this was you told me this was your favorite trade. Why so? Um, I think it's, it was just my – I think it might have the most – impact going forward for this year i think that's kind of why it was my favorite um just because although don't get me wrong a bunch of the marwins acquisitions obviously all those together could maybe play a bigger impact than this one um but that was like a group of stuff there's just this one verlander you know the mets they just punted on this year, and it looks like they yeah. also just punted on next year as well and possibly part of 2025 as well. Um, so, which that's got to be infuriating if you're a Mets fan when you were literally just right on the cusp not that long ago. Um, but I think it was just – I liked it because, like, he gets to go home, uh, his home uh, for the past few years, and it's a team that's competing, and you know it's a team that can use another arm, uh, especially down the stretch. And that's why I just think it matters because Verlander. You know, we just talked about Scherzer. You know, um, Verlander's still uh, he's still pretty damn good, Luke. Um, like he's gonna help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why it was uh, biggest one in my eyes. And then I think maybe the biggest non thing uh, that happened, biggest non trade was obviously you mentioned Tim Anderson, which I was also kind of a little surprised by, but also the the Angels pulling back the curtain on the Shohei Otani sweepstakes before he hits the free agency market. Obviously that happened about, gosh, it's probably been about a week now, but um, at least that was another yeah. big, that was, yeah, that was a big like non-trade thing. You know, that, that could have really with the fire on the deadline, obviously it was still a huge deadline, as you just said, huge buyer's market, but that was probably the biggest non thing that happened. Um, Also the young to Canada, Canada will love them. Um, That was another one. I thought it was interesting how the Cardinals sent so many Cardinals to Toronto. Um, That was an interesting connection there. So they're assembling the Toronto Cardinals over there. Yeah. They're just another bird, but kind of the red birds. If you think about it, um, so we traded Jordan Hicks up there on Sunday. We got some pretty good prospects for him, including a guy from the Netherlands. Um, he's supposed to be really good. And then we sent DeYoung up there right before the trade deadline for a pitcher, which I mean he he's not really he's not even in our top thirty prospects, but uh just the fact that we got something for DeYoung is kind of incredible if you ask me. And the fact that he went to a different country. Like we've been talking for years, send him 
to a different country, uh, mainly Korea, but we'll take Canada. You know, it's just as funny. So, but, and then Hennessy Cabrera a few weeks ago and we DFA'd him, um, even though we did end up getting a 19 year old catching prospect for him, not much, but better than nothing. So yeah, those three over there in Toronto, they're going to help them. They're going to help them miss the playoffs like I predicted. So um, shout out to them. Jack Flaherty. We talked about Montgomery going to the Rangers with Chris Stratton, but Jack Flaherty literally buzzer beater at the deadline, like 10 minutes before goes to the Orioles. Uh, We get a good infield prospect and then another pitcher. And then it was later announced that we actually got two pitchers. Um, And the second pitcher is actually probably the better one I'm thinking. So I don't know. We'll see how they turn out. I don't think any of these guys are really expected to come up in the next two years. I think most of these guys are 2025 and beyond. There might be one or two that you might hear later on next year. I'm talking about coming up, but I don't know. I was under the impression that we were going to trade for arms that were going to be impactful next year, which that obviously wasn't the case. So, Bill DeWitt's going to have to shell out some money in this offseason to free agent pitchers. It's a big free agent pitching class, and uh, we know how much the Cardinals absolutely hate signing pitchers. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, because apparently we're competing next year. And if you look at their moves, it makes sense. Because if we weren't planning on competing next year, we should have traded Goldschmidt and O'Neal. Um because they're both going to be free agents at the end of next year. And they're probably, well, maybe not O'Neal, but Goldschmidt's definitely at peak value right now. So it is what it is, but we'll see how those pan out over the years. The Cardinals, other than the Arenado and Goldschmidt trades, have really, really struggled, I think, um, with trades over the past five years or so. But those are two very big trades at the same time. So uh, we talked about the Angels going all in and pulling back Otani off the market. Another team that decided to do that, pull off Bellinger and Stroman off the market, Chicago Cubs. Um, They went on a huge win streak right before the deadline, mainly because they played the Cardinals. But nonetheless, they went on a huge win streak. They pulled back Bellinger, who was a huge trade piece. He would have have brought in some big-time prospects, and Marcus Stroman, too. Um, and they pull them back off the market, say, you know what, we're going for it this year, which, hey, I respect them for it because the goal is to win. But, I mean, they're they're not going to win the World Series this year. So they'll be lucky to even make the playoffs. So it might be kind of stupid. They did go out and get one of the most prized bats on the market, Jamer Candelario. He's having a really good year for the Nationals. Um, so that was a little surprising to see them go out and get him, but. It is what it is. Uh, And then my favorite trade, you talked about Verlander being your favorite trade. Mine is Michael Lorenzen to the Phillies. And if you know anything about the city of Philadelphia and those rowdy fans, and you know anything about Michael Lorenzen, it's a perfect fit. I mean, him with his long, greasy hair, going out to Philly, he's going to shove. He's kind of got the the high T attitude, I guess that's, that's how I would describe it. Um, big testosterone group of guys over there in Philly with Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, you know, Aaron Nola, Craig Kimbrell. And then now you add Michael Lorenz into the mix. It's just, it seems like a perfect fit. Um, so that's my favorite trade. And then I think 
the last big thing that happened was I almost predicted Eduardo Rodriguez to the Dodgers. I tweeted out, like, my sources are saying they're close to a deal as a joke the night before. And then the next day, Jeff Passan is like, well, they had a deal in place, but he invoked his no trade clause and decided not to go there. So I am actually a little concerned for Eduardo Rodriguez. There might be something wrong with him. If you would rather stay in Detroit, Michigan, as opposed to going to the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, I don't know. I, I don't really understand that. At all. I mean, unless he just grit, really hates. Luke. <laughs> I mean, I guess he hates taxes and high cost of living because I assume that the, the cost of living in in California is a lot higher than what it is in Detroit. But, I mean, it's still, it's the Dodgers. I mean, if, if you're a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, his caliber, he goes to Los Angeles, he's going to win a Cy Young Award. That's just how it is. So, I mean, we saw Lance Lynn last night. He threw, like, what, eight innings? For the Dodgers, he's <laughs> just unreal how a guy like that who's been so bad all year can go over there and just just deal. Um, but yeah, I think that was that was the last big thing from the deadline. Other than my Guardians, right, the hat I'm wearing to go along with uh, my Canton, Ohio shirt, which is about an hour away from Cleveland. I did not plan that, by the way, either. But Guardians traded for Gene Segura and then released him immediately. So kind of funny. Okay, and then also I asked our good friend Jacob Michael Kinda Baldwin. Mean, our baseball... Oh yeah, it was. Our good friend Jacob Michael Baldwin, baseball extraordinaire. We have him on for many episodes to talk ball. I asked him what his favorite deadline deal was, and he said the one where they all died of gay. Um but then he also responded, he said, just kidding, it was Verlander going back to the Astros. So direct quote there from the man, the baseball guy. He agrees with you. He likes Verlander to the Astros. I like that too. It's it's a reunion deadline, um, you know, with him going back there, Joe Kelly going back to the Dodgers, you know, stuff like that. I still like I like Lorenzen to the Phillies though. It's my favorite. Uh, deadline. You got any other thoughts on it? Is there any new favorites to win the World Series? Or are you still taking the Yankees, Cam? That's not my pick. My pick was the Rays. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> um, that's not funny. I'm, I'm, I look. I, I at least know that that the, I know my picks. Um, I just I just think it's interesting to point out that in recent memory, it's been a while since the Cardinals completely punted on a season, um, and. Oh. Uh, I think for for a casual like me, um, that pretty much just means I'm punting as well, and that it gives me good reason to punt as well because they literally, I mean, they literally like they're they called it quits pretty much. I mean, yeah, we didn't trade yeah. Goldschmidt, um, but we literally made our bullpen, our arm barn way worse, um, and just hoping that the future is bright with uh, the guys that we acquired. But um, gives the the casuals a good good opportunity to also punt on the cardinal season um so it, it's it is weird though i will say that it's just weird um but that's just the kind of season that it's been and it's led to this point uh the whole way with when we were never able to get on the right track so i can't say i'm shocked but it is weird so that's that's basically all i've got on it um that's pretty much all i'll have on baseball until we get till october 
So, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you either. I mean, so. it's hard for me. I, I'm in. I'm still going to care about the team. I'm still going to follow along. But by golly, it, it's hard to turn on the game and watch it at this point in the season. I mean, I think the stat is, like, we only spent – it was less than 20 days. It might have been, like, 24 days, actually. 24, 25 days. The entirety of Yadier Molina's career, we spent 24, 25 days eliminated from the playoffs. Like, that's all the games that we played where we were eliminated in his entire 20-year career. And we are set to almost match that in the year after he retires. So, testament to him and how much of a competitor he was. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's hard. I know we had, like, the we were playing in, like, the Cardinals corner and stuff for this year and, like, the rundown of the games and, like, the fan questions. And it just it's just died throughout the year because – there's not much else to talk about. I mean, no one cares if we won or lost the games because it doesn't really matter at this point. And the fans, the questions, like the negative questions, they've all been answered. Like it's just the same stuff over and over again. No, there's nothing new about this Cardinal season. So, <laughs> I mean, it just, it was a great idea that we had and then it just died uh, for no fault of our own. But, well, and it's, you know, uh, going back to Cardinals corner and whatnot, it's, and then going back to right now, punting on the season, you know, uh, for casuals and even people that like to watch, there's there's really not that much point to watching because it's really just a waste of your time now. Because And you can say that about anybody that watches any sport because it doesn't mean anything, right? But at least when you're watching your team and uh, they have a shot to for the playoffs, you can that gives you reason to watch. Um, even when it's just a little bit, I think it's honestly some of the most fun when it's just a little bit of a chance to make the playoffs. Um, it yeah. makes it fun to watch, but you know, when there's literally no point and for a guy like me who, you know, is a casual watcher and, uh, who keeps up with it casually, you know, it, there really is no point. Cause for me, it, it really is kind of just a waste of time. Um, and they, they're kind of just putting that out on paper you know, saying that we are punting on the year and it's all right, but we're going to be back next year. And I'm fine with that. At least they're owning up to it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever I see Taylor Motter in the lineup every day, it's like, yeah, we exactly. we kind of are giving up on the year. So, and I really don't want to watch it. Like if Taylor Motter is going to be playing, that's like, at least if you call it Mason Wynn, like the number one prospect in our organization, probably the future shortstop for the next few years, Mason Wynn, you call him up, there's some excitement, you know, him and Jordan Walker in the lineup, Nolan Gorman doing his thing, Arnado. you got some exciting players, but when you're rolling out guys like Tyler O'Neill and Taylor Motter, it just, it's just really hard to even have any care in the world about it. In Dakota Hudson, you know, you're throwing him out there. It's just like, okay, like at least try to make the fans at least engaged a little bit, but uh, that's enough baseball talk. We got about, what, 20, 23 minutes of that? Maybe 20 because we had a long intro. But, uh, yeah, I I think I'm still sticking with my Braves to win it all. I've been on that take since literally last year. Um, and I see no reason to change that. I mean, there's teams like the Rangers who have emerged. Uh, the Rangers and Astros battle the rest of the year is going to be fun. I will say that. They're both going all in. It's going to be back and forth. I think this might be 
reminiscent of the Mets and Braves last year where the Mets were in first place the entirety of the season and then the Braves just come in last weekend of the year and take first place. I I still think that's what's going to happen in the AL West. I think the Rangers will end up with a wild card, but it's going to be a fun race. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about all I have. Um, you want to do an Oppenheimer movie review? We went and saw it. Yeah. A whole group. Yeah. And this is, Um, we should mention a spoiler alert, but I mean, it's not much of a spoiler because it's, the story's already written. So history. Good point. Yeah. Um, so I guess the main question that I have uh, received while talking to people about Oppenheimer is just, did it feel super long? And uh, for me, it really didn't. Um, I, I wasn't sure when the movie was actually going to end. It just kind of ends. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. It was a good ending, though, um, if you ask me. But if people are always like, oh, it's just so long. And it was long. But I didn't feel like – I was like – I wasn't sitting there like, oh, my gosh, when is this movie going to end? You know, um, so I think that's a that's an ode to Christopher Nolan and all the actors in that movie. Uh, um, it was that good to where you like, even though it was super long, uh, you didn't really feel like it was super duper long. And then it was a good movie. Um, the acting, the actors in that movie was awesome. I mean, they pulled some big names out of the hat for this movie um, all all across the movie. Um from start to finish really uh and some i thought ones, you know like yeah, seeing the guys like weird roderick ones. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um uh you know there's so many more than the one that luke just said but i don't have the like josh it was like a video josh the, exactly josh peck um you know yeah. just randos but it was so awesome to kind of just see those guys come across the screen in such a cool movie um and then for for me, I, I love history. It was my favorite subject going through school. Um, I knew who J. Robert Oppenheimer was. Um, obviously, how do you not if you pay attention during history class? Um, but I yeah. did not know about all of his backstory and his uh, connection and association with the Communist Red Party uh, during this time and all of that stuff. And that part of the movie was so cool because I just had no idea about it. So uh, um it, it was a really good movie um, and how they set up the, the little town and stuff. I knew about that, but it was just cool to see in the movie. And it was like, it was just so surreal. They're like, well, how are we going to get all these scientists there? Well, if you tell them they can't bring their families and they have to leave, they're not going to come. So they build this whole town. You know, it, it was just really cool. Um, definitely uh, probably the top movie I've seen this summer and I've seen four. So uh, pretty dang good. Um, yeah. What did you, what, what were some, just some pieces that, uh, you picked out Luke? Uh, it, it was a heavily entertaining movie for me because that is like my, my forte. Like when we talk about history, I'm the American revolution first. That's like my nerdiest, uh, thing. And then it's world war two. And obviously I knew about Oppenheimer and the bomb and what it took to make it, but I wasn't like super knowledgeable about it um but i did my research like the the weeks leading up to it i did a lot of reading about reading up on it i'd listened to some podcasts on it 
um, just to get my knowledge of the Manhattan Project, really, just deep dive into it. And so a lot of the stuff that came up in the movie, I already knew, which I don't know if that was a good thing or not. It did help me follow along in the movie to kind of know what was going on and not get lost. But it also, like you said, you thought it was really cool knowing like his communist um, affiliations. I don't, I didn't get that feeling of, oh, this is cool. I didn't know about that um, for a lot of the movie, but it was really cool just to see it kind of come to life and. I think they did a really good job like illustrating the mental toll it took on uh, Dr. Oppenheimer, especially at the end of the movie, like when he realizes what he's done. Um, although he was kind of, uh, he was kind of a weird guy. It They didn't really do much of his backstory beyond his teaching days, which I, I mean, it really, I don't know if you picked up on it, but at the beginning, like when he did that scene where he tried to poison his teacher with that apple, that was about all that they showed from his past. And he re- he did some really devious things before that. He wasn't really a good guy, um, which might be why they chose him for this project, really. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a really, really good movie. The ending was really surprising where they just, like, the last hour was just a trial, like, debating whether he was a communist or not, um, which was interesting. I did not see that coming. I kind of thought that the bomb would just be the ending of the movie. But... You said it flowed along really well. It did. The only time I think I checked my phone to see what time it was, it was about, I think we, this movie started about 10 o'clock for us. We went to see it really late at night. And I think it was about 11.20. And I checked my phone to see where it was in the movie because I really had to pee. And I'm thinking, well, if it's close to the end, I'm going to just hold it. And I checked my phone. I saw it was 11.20 and I was like, pee break. It's it's pee break time. So uh, I, I had to take one of those. It was long enough where you can take one and be fine. You know, you almost plan on taking one. So, but yeah, it, it was it was a solid movie. I recommend seeing it if you like that. Um, if you don't really like wartime or, you know, movies like that, it was, I you really have to be interested in the subject, I think, to see it. Um, because it is, it's a toll. It's three hours. You really have to sit down. And you have to dedicate a portion of your day to that movie. So I did like Albert Einstein in the movie, though. Every time he popped up, it always seemed like a goofy time or something. He always had like a cheesy line to say, which I imagine Albert Einstein was like that in real life. So, yeah, good movie. I rate it an A, personally. Yeah, I... uh. You're talking about Albert Einstein. I think my favorite uh, character, uh, not actually probably just my favorite character in the movie was uh, the guy that Matt Damon played. Um, I think it was Wagner. I think that was his name. Um, so, yeah, that, that that guy he did, Matt Damon did a really good job in this movie, if you ask me. So you talking about Matt Damon's uh, character was as Wagner? Me and Luke were just saying there was just so many big time actors. Yeah, I think he was, wasn't he? Oh, uh, Leslie Groves. Wesley Groves, yeah. Wagner was somebody important, Um, but yeah, (laughs) great, great movie. Um, If you if you ask me, um, I actually want to see it again, not in theaters, but just to watch it again, just so I can put the pieces together a little bit more, um, because that's just what you do when you watch a movie a second time. So, um, yeah, great chance to eat a lot of popcorn, 
drink a lot of soda. So, oh, so much. There popcorn. you go. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Tough scene of the week. What's next? Yeah. Tough scene of the week. All right. Um. Cam, do you have yeah, any? I first. have a bunch. I ha- yeah, I have one. Uh, okay. My first tough scene of the week is uh, that I blew out the speaker in my car, um, in the front speaker, and it just rattles now once you go over a certain volume, and it's not a very loud volume that it starts rattling at, which really sucks. And the other part that sucks, that bites really bad, is that I was just driving home from the gym, um, and I had it about two-thirds of the way all the way up, so you know it still had a full third left uh, to go before it was at full volume and uh i was only in the car for about eight or nine minutes and i was literally like 30 seconds from my house and it blew um so that was a really tough scene still is still affecting me to this day right now um some some uh suggestions i've gotten are well obviously you can just pay for it to put a new one in or you can just cut the wire because uh the other speakers in my car still work perfectly fine um so I guess that's on the table. So, but yeah, the, tough scene. And the, the biggest part about that is I've just been listening to my AirPods while I've been driving, which is illegal, but it, that's what I've had to resort to. So, uh, yeah. Well, it, not technically. If you have a certain, now granted, probably with the ones that you have, it is illegal, but there is a transparent sound thing that some types of AirPods have, like the newer ones. Where it is legal to drive with them. I don't know if I have those. Because these are just the second gen. Probably not. Because I I like the second gen a lot. They fit the best in my ear. I mean, I can do anything in these. Like, I hang clean in these. I play basketball in them. So, um, like, they can withstand, like, jumps and all kinds of shit. So, I really like them. So, um, yeah, that's my, my tough scene. All right, I have a number of tough scenes. I think I have four of them. So the first one is just us because we haven't podcasted in three weeks. That's that's a tough scene. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's a blessing for the listeners not having to listen to us. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's a tough scene. We haven't done it in almost three weeks. I think it's our longest hiatus ever in the history of the show. Right, we've skipped some weeks, especially last summer. We missed a few weeks, but I don't think it was ever almost three weeks. So next tough scene, the women's soccer team. So they did advance. They they did advance. They moved on, but they're probably going to get blown out by Sweden on Sunday morning. Before we all wake up. No, no, it's real. It was real. Um, they had more points than any, than, you know, than, than, than Portugal and Vietnam, but, they only won one game, which is similar to the men's. So anytime that I hear someone say the women's team is better than the men's team, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, are they? Are they really? Because they had the same record in group play, you know, blew out the terrible team, tied the other two. And then I don't know, they're probably gonna get knocked out in the first round, similar to the men's team. So it's the exact same. Um it's it's a tough scene because I think they they came in with huge favorites to win it all for the third time in a row, and uh, 
man, it's it's bad looking right now. We only beat Vietnam by three, and then you know we we tied the other two games. So, uh, and then you know we play Sweden, who's three and zero. You play them Sunday morning at like four in the morning, so we're gonna wake up and we're gonna see that we're eliminated, and it's just gonna be a tough scene to start the week. So, very very tough scene for America. We're no yeah. longer good at the one thing that we were good at. So, for real, <laughs> um, yeah, it does suck. Uh, kind of, I don't want to say kind of funny, but kind of funny, Luke, that this is happening. I don't want to be that guy, but it's kind of funny. Uh, oh, they no, talk. I get our girls I, I team. You. Our, our girls team talks a lot of shit, but you know they're they're probably gonna fall on their face Sunday morning, which uh, you know. Talk shit, get hit, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I have another tough scene, work. if I can ping pong here. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, my next one is, uh, this is a few days old now, but granted, we haven't podcasted in a while. I just thought it'd still be funny to break <laughs> up because it's because it's still kind of going on as we speak. Uh, the running back situation. The running back Zoom call took place uh the zoom call heard around the world if you will um all the talented running backs of the nfl got together for a zoom call to try and strategize and plan out a way to get paid more money and uh they were like halfway through it and nick chubb's just like guys we're screwed uh and everybody kind of just folded after that (laughs) i think it was being led by austin eckler but yeah nick chubb was just like guys uh we're, we're screwed. We're the only ones that gets dinged for having like great all time, great seasons because that's just miles put on our engines, um, which he's right about. Um, but that's just how the running back position has been. And it probably will be that way for years to come. And then like the very next day, Saquon folded and took a one year, $11 million deal um, instead of taking the franchise tag. Um, so yeah. Uh, but many many backs are still fighting for their lives here. We still have Josh Jacobs out there. Um, Elliot is still on the market, but he's not really the big name that we're talking about here. Uh, mostly Josh Jacobs, and I'm missing one. I'm missing a name here, Luke. Uh, Eckler. Ah, but Derek he Henry? just demanded a trade. No. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> oh. I don't. I don't know. I know Josh yeah, Jacobs the, and Saquon, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that, that's yeah, Jonathan Taylor too. Yeah, that's it. Okay, uh, but yeah, it, it's been a tough scene. Um, people are saying that Jim Ursay too is like the new Dan Snyder. Um, now that Dan Snyder's gone, no. I don't agree with that. That's not true at all. Dan, Jim Ursay is Stan just it, He's it, it for us. Yes, uh, Jim Ursay is just doing what all the other owners are doing like no we're not paying you 16 million that's stupid nobody else would do that why would we do that um personally 16 to 15 million doesn't even sound like a crazy number for a like a, a really few good years of a running back but you're just not guaranteed guaranteed those years in football from a running back same way mm-hmm. you are with a quarterback or wide receiver um so or DB even, or defensive end. Um, so that's just how it is. Yeah. When we talk it's, about it's the horsemen, be like that. The horsemen of this epidemic: Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, uh, Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler. 
yeah, just the four I mean, horsemen of just the next guy up. Le'Ve- Le'Veon Bell set this whole thing back miles. <laughs> I mean, by not taking that deal from the Steelers, which would have, I think, made him the highest paid running back at the time, and it probably just would have went up and up and up from there. Um, he didn't, and James Conner had a Pro Bowl season, and then all the NFL owners, including the Steelers, are like, yep, see what we mean? And uh, granted, I always feel like Le'Veon Bell, like, uh, I was like, oh, man, he really missed out on a lot of money. He still did end up getting, like, 25 or $26 million guaranteed from the Jets, which is a shitload. But he obviously, if he would have kept playing for the Steelers, one, probably would have ended up being a Hall of Famer, and two, would have made a ton of money. So um, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a that's a huge tough scene, and I don't know what the purpose of the Zoom call is because when you think about a running running back, you think about just a football meathead, right? Just mm, urg, run ball down the middle, like that's what I think of when I think of running back. That might be kind of unfair to some of them, but so the fact that they really thought that they could brainstorm an idea to outsmart the owners who have billions of dollars, like oh, we're gonna outsmart these guys on this Zoom call. Uh, I don't know why they thought they could do that, but <laughs> I, I mean, it, shout out it to is. them for trying at least, but it's a bizarre it thing to, to just think about. about that they even thought they could do that. Yeah. It's funny to think about, oh, yeah. like you just said, it, not that it, these guys are true meatheads, except Nick Chubb. He's kind of a meathead. No offense to him. He just kind of looks like one, but it's just like these guys, not, I hate to be that guy, not the smartest fellers in the world. I mean, Probably had their hand held during college because that's just how college football is, um, especially if you're really good. Um, and they just tried to come up with this master idea that they just apparently nobody else would have ever came up with before them, a group of running backs. So and obviously it did work. So, uh, but yeah, as Luke said, you got to give him uh, got to give him props to trying. So that's my tough scene. Yeah, definitely. That's another good tough scene. Uh, another another bonus tough scene that I'm just going to throw in here is is me and my Wi-Fi because it. I don't know if it had any effect on this recording. Cam, you can be the judge of that, but it might it might I might be slowed down right now or something. My what our Wi-Fi has been awful the last like two or three weeks. It's just I think the router is shot. The router we've had it for like three to four years, which is the normal lifespan of a Wi-Fi router, but. It's just been really, really bad, especially in my room because my room's the farthest away from the router, and it just sucks. It it's awful. It takes forever to load things. It's it's almost better without the Wi-Fi. Like if I'm on my phone or my computer and I just turn it off and use data, it's almost faster. So that's a tough scene for me. Um. Oh, excuse me, man. My other tough scene is Fernando Tatis Jr. He joins an elite club. So I think yesterday he hit his 100th career home run. And I'm going to look up the tweet to get the exact amount here. But he joined a very exclusive club of fastest to get to 100. He was the fourth fastest player to reach 100 career home runs. Cam, can you please confirm that I'm actually recording right now? Like, can you um, hear me? As, I, as far as I uh, know, I can hear you. Your okay. screen is uh, black right now. Like, it's yeah, I did a that. quality recording there thing going are. on. Um, so, uh, that was me. Yeah. 
as far okay. as I know, you're you're here. Sound great, okay. Lucas. That's good. Good. Okay. <laughs> we might have power outages here in a second too with a storm coming. But back to the Fernando Tatis. He's the fourth fastest player to reach 100 career home runs in MLB history. The only three above him are Ryan Howard. Took him 325 games to do it. Pete Alonzo, 347 games. And Gary Sanchez, L. Gary, 355 games. Tatis did it in 362. So a uh, very elite club there of no Hall of Famers. <laughs> so I, I don't know. You can take that. I mean, sure. Fourth fastest to reach 100 home runs, but then you reach the people or list off the people who did it faster, and it's like, oh, oh, oh boy. Um, so that's a tough scene for him. That that doesn't exactly fare well for the rest of his career. And then the last tough scene is just Domingo Herman. Uh, he's had a very up and down season to say the least. Very, very weird. And when you think about all time weird seasons, I think we're going to look back on this one for Domingo Herman. Um, he's out indefinitely for the rest of the year. Um, he's going into alcohol rehab, alcohol abuse rehab. So, I mean, good on him taking matters into his own hands. He recognizes he obviously has a problem, I guess, and he's trying to fix it. So shout out to him for taking that step and, you know, putting his life above his baseball career, but it's, it's still a tough scene for him. I mean, that's, it's not a great look. Um, you know, especially just a few weeks after throwing a perfect game, um, which came after having like three consecutive starts of 10 runs given up. Um, and then his last start that he had, he was scratched. The Yankees scratched him with, I think it was armpit soreness. It was like one of the weirdest things. And then three innings later, they have him warming up in the bullpen and he goes in and throws five scoreless innings. And then now this happens. So it's just a weird season for him. Uh, he had the 10 game suspension for the sticky stuff early earlier this year. Just everything that has, that can happen for him, like literally peak high with the perfect game to peak low, like saying, I have to step away from the season to go into alcohol rehab. Uh, it, it, it's just it ultimate high, ultimate low season for him. So yeah, tough scene. Uh, you want to so. you want to get into some football talk here before the end of the show, or yeah. do not you want to just a, go into yeah. say hello, kiss, a and goodbye? Ton of football, yeah. Uh, yeah, just we'll just do that, camp, and then because we'll do uh, some training camp stuff, and then obviously the wheel spins is probably going to be majority okay. of our football talk, honestly. So okay, so say hello, yeah. kiss, and goodbye. Because I think we have a collective say hello. Absolutely. Uh, it's <laughs> we just said we weren't going to talk about this right now, but yeah. Um, we're saying hello to football. Um, and it's it's not just that football is obviously on the horizon and that we're going to, like we just said, we're getting ready to talk about it. It's the feelings that come along with it. It's the feelings that come along with um, seeing the videos on Twitter. Uh, like I've been seeing uh, Jordan Love zip the ball, you know, to Romeo Dobbs and uh, Christian, Christian Watson, Watson, you know. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, it's not just that. It's it's seeing all the the storylines of who's starting, who's looking good. Um, you know, it's just good for me. Like I was talking about with our friend Wyatt today, it just feels good to know that in my brain that both college football players just reported for the first week of camp and NFL players are like in camp, you know, they're on site two weeks straight, just pure practice. We're getting ready for football. It's that feeling. It's that feeling that it is almost here. That is what this say hello is. Um, it feels good. Uh, obviously, we said we're into August, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, and obviously school sucks. But the good part about the school year is that it is the football season. Um, and new so, beginnings. Uh, and it, it new beginnings. So um, it, it's just a say hello collective say hello to football first game tomorrow uh for the oh, preseason yeah. that is i just Dang, pray tonight. that we get one aaron Rodgers drive yeah you're right this comes out tomorrow so um i'd pray that we get one aaron Rodgers drive i think they just came out and said that they're not doing that but um oh, maybe a deshaun maybe watson zach wilson drive, drive i'll take a deshaun watson drive that is right a zach wilson we could see some i mean he's practically uh you know, I mean, he's an NFLer. That counts. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just excited. It, so that's all. Um, that's all it is. But it, it's a, a great feeling. So, yeah, just knowing that we're right around the corner. Fantasy drafts are going to start soon. Uh, college football Absolutely. rankings are going to come out soon. Uh, like next few weeks type of soon those things are taking place. So it, it's just a it's a fun feeling. But if you're a kid, if you're our age or younger, you take it with a grain of salt because it also means that school's coming. So, um, yeah, football, football, football is is back. As 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 Ray Lewis once said, the great linebacker for the Ravens, Ray Lewis. Um, when there's no football, there's violence, and I I don't know about you guys or you can, but I'm I'm getting a little angry. I'm getting some built up anger inside of me. And I just need to watch dudes hit each other as hard as they can. And I will release that anger. I just, I need football. I think Ray Lewis is right. I mean, you take him. You take him for yeah. his word. He he knows. He knows violence. violence. Yeah. Um, so. The expert. Yeah. It, and, you know, once it gets here, you know, I just think about the last few seasons for me as a, uh, Carolina fan, a Mizzou fan. Uh, hell, you can throw the Steelers in there, but just football in general, but especially the college teams. You know, I just, as weird as it sounds, I can't wait to to scream at my television. You know, I can't wait to yell. <laughs> I can't wait to laugh at college kickers. I can't wait to call that this college kicker is going to miss this kick for the second time in a row and it not go in. You know, I love that shit. So, you know, I'm just super excited for it. I mean, it'll, I think about it too long. It'll give me goosebumps. But um, so it's just that. That's just football. I just can't wait. Uh, and it is it is almost here. Um, so let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Get hype. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's glorious. Uh, speaking of college football. One of my kiss goodbyes is the Pac-12. Yeah, um, it's dead. It's it's dead, and it should be. 
their commissioner has mismanaged the conference for a number of years by gatekeeping yeah. the games for one. I mean, I, I want to watch an Arizona game and unless they're playing Oregon or UCLA on ESPN, I can't watch the games because it's on the Pac-12 network and it's only sold in like nine states. So unless you live in those nine states, which are Pac-12 area states, you can't watch any of the Pac-12. Not really a great look if you're trying to advertise your league. Uh, Colorado just left um, the Pac-12. They're going to the Big 12, back to the Big 12 where they um, originally were. And I think that there's another team that's supposed to be announcing their move. Um, uh, it looks like – so it was a joke about a week ago um, about – Ohio State, you know, bringing you know, there was a picture posted of Brutus and uh, the Oregon Duck together mm-hmm. as a joke, and it appears that both Oregon and Washington might be added to the Big Ten to make it 18, and then possibly adding Cal and Stanford to make it 20. Um, so those four, if those four yeah. teams leave, it'll obviously be completely over. And uh, well, yeah, yeah, I know like you said, Colorado. Going back to the Big Twelve, which actually they were in the Big Eight, not the Big Twelve. So yeah, true. Um, true. That was back when Mizzou was in the Big Eight as well. But yeah, <sighs> crazy times. Yeah. It's going to be dead. Obviously, completely. Yeah. UCLA and USC already left. Arizona's had talks of going to the Big Twelve. Um, yep. And I, I mean, it, there's just not much left. And I mean, you you really can't blame anyone but the Pac-12 management. I mean, the Big Twelve. When they lost Oklahoma and Texas a few years ago, everyone was like, oh, the Big 12 is going to fall apart. Shout out them. They regrouped. They, they're bringing in teams like Colorado, you know, some big-name teams. But then they're also regrouping with some younger, like BYU, uh, Cincinnati, Houston. They're bringing in teams like that to replenish their conference. UCF, yeah. Yeah, and in, exactly, in a new and exciting way. And they really regrouped their conference when, you know, they – Sure, they lost two big markets. They lost two of their big teams from their conference. But they're going to be fine They're because re- they're replacing, they're evolving. The Pac-12 has done the opposite ever since, I forget what this guy, I think it's Craig something, Pac-12 commissioner. Uh, George Kal- Kalyavkov, he's been the commissioner for I, I don't know how many years, but I think since 2021. So the last two, three years, he has just literally just tanked the conference. And it's no surprise that these teams are leaving. So, I mean, really, they have no one to blame but themselves when they think about it. So, I mean, it is what it is. San Diego State declined an invite to the Pac-12, too. I mean, you think about that, a Mountain West team who is, you know, they're supposed to be a lower conference than the Pac-12. They got an invite and they declined it because they see what's going on. They're like, well, we don't want to be a part of that. We're fine in our conference right now. So when you get when you got that stuff happening, it's it's kind of, it's a tough scene for your conference. Um, yeah, final year of the Pac-12 this year. So probably enjoy it. I guess. I mean, it'll be a regular Pac-12 <laughs> season this year. So. It's kind of hard to enjoy it when you can't watch the game. You're exactly right. Um, We were just talking about this, the week one slate of college football, uh, or week zero, if you will, um, San Jose State and USC, an in-state matchup, and it's going to be on the Pac-12 network. So unless me and Luke want to watch it that night, uh, 
we're going to have to probably illegally stream it. So um, that might be the only way. So it blows. That's a bad marketing scheme, as Luke said. So um, mm-hmm. Ron had a bold take, uh, North Dakota State to the Pac-12. Um, so uh, North Dakota State finally moving up to the next level. I don't know if that's going to happen, Ron. Uh, well, one, they don't have Ron. money. And two, there's they don't no have money. But so. hey, neither does the Pac-12. Pac-12 also doesn't have <laughs> money. So there you go. There you go. North Dakota so. State is the Pac-12. It's the entire conference. <laughs> it pretty much yeah, would be. They would, would actually probably, crazy. although Oregon State has gotten better, um, but you know it'd be like Oregon State, North Dakota State, Washington State, uh, Utah. I mean, they'd probably. <laughs> Uh, Utah'd probably win, wow. but North Dakota State would probably get second in that top four right there. So that's crazy to think about. Mm. Did you say if I Utah was in anymore. there? Yeah, NDSU actually is not going to be very good this year. Sorry. Yeah, I was just say Utah's pretty good, and I feel no, like I know Oregon that's State what I said. Go ahead of NDSU. I they beat uh, Washington. That's what State, I said. But... Okay. Uh, Utah would definitely finish first. I guess Arizona okay. State's in there too. I don't know what the state of their program is. It's not very good. So, well, I hear some thunder rolling. So, do you have any kiss of goodbyes, Cam? Uh, my kiss of goodbye. I talked to you about this before we hopped on. Was that I just shaved, and I had not shaved. Literally, I think it was like obviously I had shaved under here. Uh, under my chin or whatever, but I had not shaved. I don't think since before or like right before the last episode that we shot. So it literally been from sometime during before the last episode till now, until I had shaved and I, I felt like a, a new, a new looking person. I feel back to baby face cam. And as we feel like, he's like, I get that pretty much twice a week. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm like, damn, this is what it feels like. I I literally walked out of the sh- or got out of the shower, fish shaving. I'm like, damn, I look like a different person a little bit. And I did. I'm not saying that like I grew a full on beard, but you get used to yourself having it on. Um, so I guess, I guess that's growing up, Lucas. There it is. It's like a piece so, of clothing. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's just gone. But I'm fine with it. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah, it usually is. Well, not for me because so. it. I mean, it takes. I shave, and then three days later, it's back, and it's like, oh, I'm a grown man again. And then I, sh- it's just a cycle. Um, it's like that one meme where it's like, I, I need to do laundry. It just, how's it going, son? I need to do laundry, but it's like I need to shave. Um, <laughs> my other too realistic uh, of a meme. Too too realistic. Yeah. I don't know how a good way to describe it. It's like the scribbly, like the stick person guy. And it's just like, I need to get home and shave <laughs> too, too realistic. Um, my other kiss goodbyes are, uh, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Paul DeYoung, um, especially Jordan Hicks, Jack Flaherty, and Paul DeYoung. They've been a part of my life for at least a half decade, a good six, seven years. All those guys, have given me hope and uh it now it's just gone so it's it's a little sad like yeah we got a lot for him but it's a little sad at the same time so mm. kiss goodbye wheel spins 
close out the show right, here. Yeah. Do you want to? We've wheel. been doing three, but we did miss two weeks of recording, so we have six teams to make up. I yeah. say we we'll just have... add. We add four. We start doing four a week. Okay, that's fine. And we'll if we need we'll to see do... where we get to after tonight. Yeah, let's do four tonight though. Get your timer up. You got your timer up. Oh my god! All right. What? Oh, something I'll have to tell you after the show. Okay, so we we're at fifteen. Team number fifteen. Who we got? This is team number fifteen. Yep, Minnesota Vikings. All right, that's fine. Um, it's a good, it's it's a good team right. to start off before we start yeah. maybe getting into some juicier teams. All right, who wants to go first? I can, I can go first. I got. All right, it. sounds good. Tell me when you're ready. Three, two, one. Ah, uh, this team's interesting. They're coming off a division win. They're probably going to be back in the mix again this year. They got a solid team. They did improve their defense a little bit, which was their weak spot last year. Um, They have probably the most exciting player of the game, Justin Jefferson. They got a good young coach, Kevin O'Connell. And all those reasons you would think, oh, they're repeating again. But for some reason, I I just don't see them going back to back in the division titles. Um, They got a good color scheme. They're on the market for Jacob and Baldwin and his uh, maybe new NFL team. And Kirk Cousins is... Solid. Yeah. Um, you hit the nail on the head. It's kind of just going to be the Justin Jefferson show, it looks like, because they sold off Dalvin Cook. And, yeah, they have a guy that looks just like him in Alexander Madison, but not exactly the same type of player. Um, they kind of sold off a lot of offensive pieces, though, so I don't know how great they're going to be on offense. I think they did realize that last season was a fluke, which is why they did that. But, yeah, their defense can't get any worse, so. That's why they made some moves. Yeah. Horrendous last year. Terrible. All right. Give me another spin on the wheel. Come on down. Uh, Ooh, okay. We almost landed on the jersey that you're wearing, but uh, the wheel spun back on to another NFC North team. Chicago Bears. So I feel like this is kind of just like along the same lines as the Vikings, though. I I kind of want to go first on this team, though. I I got a lot to say. Yeah, it's up. Yeah, it's definitely it's your division. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. This team, one of the most overrated, I think, going to come into this season. Justin Fields. He he had a good season last year, but. I mean, people are talking about him as a top five, top eight QB in the league. Is a sneaky dark horse MVP. Not going to happen. I mean, he still is incompetent when it comes to throwing the ball. Um, their only good receiver is DJ Moore, and I'm, he's kind of mid, let's be honest. Their defense is still horrendous. I see six wins, probably. I, eight wins is their peak. Peak is eight wins. Um, I'm seeing around five to six wins. A little bit of improvement from last year, but still really bad. Um, yeah, I think the main focus of this year is just the step forward that, uh, Justin Fields takes. And I think that's all that really matters. Um, if you ask me, so 
Is this year three? Mm, yes. That is crazy to think about. Year three already. They, you did forget Darnell Mooney. Um, and they they have def- good, solid good. defensive players. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Ooh. I think they're probably going to take second or third. Who's good on their there. defense? Eddie Jackson? Maybe. Jalen. I like Jalen Johnson a lot. Um, their cornerback. Uh Damn, you're kind of right. They kind of sold off every defensive lineman. Yeah. Their, their defense also, last year was one of the worst in the league, and they didn't make any moves <laughs> to make it better. Can you – can we talk about how they got rid of uh, Robert Quinn and then he, like, just barely ever played for the Eagles? That was kind of messed up. If I was Robert Quinn, I don't know if I would have wanted to – like, if I could choose – I think I would have stayed because at least he was still playing pretty much every snap as a bear. Then he didn't get to play like at all. He's having a good season too. Yeah, I know. So, and he had an all-time season like the year before. So, just weird. But I forgot about that. He did. He did go to a Super Bowl. I guess, so, but they lost. So it doesn't really don't mean a thing yeah. without the ring. So, well, it, it was very weird though. And the fact that they got the Eagles traded a fourth round pick just for someone who really never played. Yeah. Is Howie Rose really that good or is he just drafting Georgia guys? (laughs) That's pretty good to me. It sounds like. I mean, it's not like an insane strategy. It's just like. It's a strategy. Yeah, it's it's simple. I mean, everyone's talking about Howie Roseman being like the super smart GM guy, but it's like. Uh, he's literally just doing what we would do. <laughs> like if I was a GM, that's that's a strategy I would take. So it's it's not super nerdy or anything. I, he's a little overrated as a GM. I'll say that. Uh, we need a new team. Wheel, give us a new team. Give us a new team. Wheel, a fun team. Yes, yes, yes. Please, please, please. let's go, baby. Woo! Oh man, that was they were sandwiched between the Cowboys and the Broncos, so we were gonna have a good team anyway. Los Angeles Rams. This is the juicy team. This is the juicy team that we wanted. Vikings, very mid. Bears, there's some takes on that one, but this is where it gets juicy. Los Angeles Rams. Cam, you want to go first? I, you got I don't anything? know. You seem – I, I feel like I should because you've gone first both times, but you're kind of amped up, so I want you to go first. All right. All right. I got it. Three, two, one. L.A. Rams had a terrible season last year, mostly because – probably karma for their owner, but this team, they're going to be back this year. They, they dealt with a lot of injuries last year, um, but they're kind of – they give me Yankees vibes, like where they have a good roster, but they're, they're just going to get injured every year. Um, but I, I'm i feeling next year. Sean McVay did not retire. He's coming back. He's a really good coach. Aaron Donald's back. Matt Stafford. Maybe if he's fully healthy, Cooper Cup's back. Like the whole gang's back. They're going to be competing in that NL West. In the NL West, I'm saying first or second. Um, I think the big storyline out of this training camp actually for the Rams is that Stetson Bennett has looked very, very good and has picked things up very fast, quicker than expected um, for uh, than we thought for him. Uh, 
and it maybe my big thing about Stetson Bennett is I like it when guys who stay in college for a long time and then do good in the NFL. It's like, see, you don't have to be three years and gone uh, to be successful. So, yeah, they yeah. did lose Jalen Ramsey, though, and Von Miller oh, and Odo Beckham in the, over the past two years. So, Well, Von Miller and Odo Beckham were gone last year. Yeah, I know. That's true. I'm just okay. – just, Stating the facts, Jaylen also, Jalen Ramsey sucks. Our, He's our minute is up. No, that's fake. You should not say that. That's fake. Uh, Cooper He's Cup big. did get hurt at practice yesterday, and he didn't return. Oh so that's not good. Um, I don't know who their running back is, if we're being honest. Cam Akers. They, they, ha- they have, like, a rotation. Oh, yeah, he did get out of the doghouse last year. Good for him. Um, what else? Oh, their uniforms are ass. That's another thing. So bad. Um, uh, one thing, you mentioned Stetson Bennett picking up things fast, and you said it was surprising. I don't know why you're surprised for a league veteran to be picking up things fast. <laughs> I I guess you're right. I mean, he's been playing with NFL players for a little bit, so I guess he kind of yeah, has that. Exactly. He is I the mailman. <laughs> he's been playing with NFL players. He's probably older than half the Rams roster. Um, yeah. So I don't know why you're surprised. Catching up to Sean, honestly. So, all right, next, next all right. squad. Not really a juicy team, but fun team. Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. I feel like you. This is your division. I feel like you should go first in this one. That's fair. You got okay. it. I was gathering some thoughts here. Gathering um, some thoughts. Right. Uh, as a hated division rival, uh, they do have sick uniforms, so I'll give them that. Uh, big, you know, True. they just have expectations forever going forward um, because as long as they have Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow did get hurt at practice the other day, and it is possible that he could miss a week or two, they say. Um, but you know, he should be there for the whole season for the most part. Um, some of the best offensive weapons in the game, um, and, uh, solid defense still. And I think they're probably going to either come in first and second in the division. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this team, there's going to be Super Bowl contenders again. Um, I expect them to take a step forward this year. They almost have to, with some of these young guys getting up, they're going to have to be getting paid very, very soon. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they're not going to have very much left of this cheap uh, time. So they got to make a move this year. It could be this year. It could be this year where they they go and win it all. Um, That's the minute. (laughs) Yeah. Not a lot of takes for me on that one. And you're right. No, there's not a whole lot of takes to give. Uh, It's just that if Joe Burrow is healthy, they're going to be contenders. So, But if he's not, obviously, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially in that division. It might be my Super Bowl pick. I mean, obviously, if they stay healthy, there's no reason why they can't be competing. But I haven't made a Super Bowl pick yet. I haven't sat down and made standings. The only really I'll probably thing wait till after in, the preseason. I, yeah, I've locked in the Chiefs winning the West, and I've locked in the Panthers winning the NFC South. Those are the only two things I've locked in right now. The other stuff I got to think about. I got to think about. I got to wait to see what what plays out. Um, so yeah, I mean, you said there was 15, 16, 17, 18. So we have 14 teams left. 
eight. Yes, sir. We're at 18. 14 teams, and some of the teams left. I mean, we still have the Jets on the list. We still have the Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champs. We still have the Packers and Steelers, our teams. Um, we still have the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> that'll be a, a, a very sad one to do. And the Broncos. Pew, pew. Broncos. And Cowboys. Some fun teams there, interesting teams. And Jags, another interesting team. And Titans, another sad one. Oh, man. I mean, just... really... I can't wait to be jagging off again. That'd be fun. Oh, God, I forgot. Remember about that. jagging off? That was awesome. Yeah. I, it, dude, dude, it was so awesome. I, I love jagging off. Can't wait to start jagging off. That was again. great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the, really the only team on here that's just kind of going to be bland is the Texans. Like, I think everyone just kind of knows what's going to happen with them. All the other teams, they got some interesting storylines going on. So. Stay tuned the rest of the way. I guess we got to figure out how many weeks we have until the NFL season and how to do how to break up these 14 teams left. So, but yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in to episode 69. 69. Very nice episode. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed the return of the show me show and get prepared for a new episode next week. So, we'll see you then.